Welcome to Suspending the Rules, Bloomberg Government's weekly look at what's happening in Congress. First fiscal 2020 spending package totaling nearly $1 trillion hits the House floor this week, while over in the Senate, leaders are hoping to find agreement on the top-line budget numbers in the near future. This is Suspending the Rules from Bloomberg Government. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Sarah Babbage. The House Appropriations Committee has also released its final two spending bills, including a Homeland Security Department funding bill with a large focus on immigration. Here to discuss the ever-present budget battle are Bloomberg Government Budget and Appropriations Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick and Senior Congressional Reporter Nancy Ignanovich. Welcome back. Thanks for having us. We've heard a lot in recent years about sequestration and budget caps, and that's definitely on the agenda this week. The House is proceeding without a deal on budget caps, but the Senate, I guess, is looking for a deal on that before they move forward. And this week could be pretty pivotal in that. That's right. I've been told that this week there will be a meeting in the Senate that Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, will be in charge of putting together. And he'll have officials from the White House, maybe acting Chief of Staff Mulvaney, acting OMB Director, vote, uh, the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, and some people from Senate Appropriations, likely Chairman Shelby, and they will sit down and they'll start talking really seriously about where they want to go on the caps, both for defense and non-defense, and also how they're going to avoid some kind of default on the debt limit, whether that's raising it, the debt limit, raising it, suspending it, but doing something. And we thought that weeks ago they were already having serious talks with the House. But this time the meeting is just with the Senate side and the White House, and no House Republicans are involved. And it's only Senate Republicans. Chuck Schumer's not in this meeting. No, it's not a bipartisan negotiation, even though Mitch McConnell said over a month ago he was talking with Nancy Pelosi about budget caps, and we thought they'd be further along. And they're running out of time, and everybody knows that. And just to throw this in, the House has only 35 more workdays before September 30 when the money runs out for the current fiscal year. So we'll start counting down those shopping days till Christmas. What happens, uh, I, I mentioned sequestration, so can you run through what exactly that means if they don't get to a, a deal? I've been told that the White House is interested in a simple continuing resolution rather than trying to have to fight it out on all of these bills. But even if there was a CR, they still have to deal with sequestration. And what happens there is that there would be another round of across-the-board budget cuts, and non-defense would be particularly hit hard. And if you look at the House bills as they're written right now, that would mean every non-defense account would have to be cut by 16%. And the Senate bills also, and they haven't even written them yet, but we're assuming that they would be written at current levels as a starting point, they would have to be cut by almost 10%. Uh, spending would have to be cut from where we currently have spending. So those, those are huge things, and they really can't get these bills across the floors of either chamber with cuts like that. So it would be a dead-on-arrival scenario. So I guess that really does um, give both sides of the table motivation to come together to try to work out a deal then. 
Absolutely. And there's nobody who wants to deal more than Mitch McConnell because he doesn't like shutdowns. He doesn't like his party being branded as a party that can't govern. He wants just the complete opposite thing going into the 2020 election. He wants their brand to be the brand of good government and to deliver on this. And also the bills that they would put together would have a lot of things in there for his members running for re-election. We heard him say a lot before the last shutdown and even during it, there's no education in the second kick of the mule. I wonder what he has to say about the third. He never talks about the third kick of the mule. The second one should usually do it. We mentioned at the top, the first minibus package of five spending bills is due on the floor this week. Jack, what, what's going on? Yeah, this is a, a huge minibus. I'm starting to call it the maximum bus since it's almost a trillion dollars out of the slightly less than $1.4 trillion in discretionary funding that will happen for fiscal 2020 overall. We knew that lawmakers were tempted to do a big one with defense and the labor HHS education funding bill tied together. And those two are the two biggest discretionary yes. spending bills there are. The two biggest by far, really. And it's also a matter of Republicans love defense and Democrats love the Labor H bill. So politically, it just gets some momentum going forward. This also includes the state and foreign operations, energy and water, and legislative branch funding bills. So it's five out of 12 bills, but it's the vast majority of discretionary funding for fiscal 2020. Democrats seem pretty confident that they're going to pass this on their own. Republicans have already said outright almost as a warning, you're going to have to do it without us. Uh, there's no reason for Republicans to kind of give Democrats uh, a, a boost when they're passing their own. House Democratic bills that aren't particularly bipartisan, and there are some uh, riders in there that kind of turned Demo that turned Republicans off of, uh, especially the Labor Age bill. Let's talk about those. Um, what kinds of things are there in this bill that Republicans are opposed to, and that could be problematic in the Senate? I would say the top two for Republicans. One on the Labor Age bill, there's a measure that would block the so-called conscience protection rule that would allow health care professionals to deny service, citing uh, religious beliefs. Uh, Democrats block that rule that the Trump administration put in place in this. And Tom Cole, the top Republican for this subcommittee in the House, has said this is a, a poison pill and, and would get a veto if it went to the president's desk. Also, and you'll see this in a variety of bills, the defense bill includes a measure that would block uh, military funds for the border wall. Uh, when we get to the military construction bill that's not in this package. That's an issue with that. Obviously, it's an issue with Homeland Security. Uh, but even in the defense funding bill, there is a matter of border wall funds. And so those two riders by Democrats have, are, are definitely going to turn Republicans off of this package. We know there's going to be a lot of amendments offered, or there have been even already a lot of amendments offered. And the Rules Committee in the House is going to determine which of them get time on the floor of the House. What's the, the strategy for the amendments for this bill? Yeah, we don't know right now how many of these are going to get votes on the floor. It's going to take until later in the week to see what actually passes. It's going to take until Tuesday for them to figure, for the Rules Committee to determine what's going to get votes on the floor. Uh, I would point out there already is an amendment by Tom Cole that would strike the conscience protection rider. There is another measure in the Labor Age bill that blocks uh, certain information sharing between HHS and the Department of Homeland Security uh, on immigrant 
detention because HHS includes the Office of Refugee Resettlement. There's a, a lot of conversation going on now, uh, uh, really a fight between Republicans and Democrats over how much information those two agencies can share when it comes to law enforcement uh, purposes versus just housing detained children. Uh, so there's, there's another rider that Republicans would like to strike in the HHS section. There's a rider, uh, an amendment that would strike the rider on DOD wall funds. I'm not sure how many Republican amendments are, are going to get votes. Uh, it, it could be that some of the most controversial ones do come up, but Democrats vote them down. Either way, there are a number of, of measures in this that make it a, a relatively partisan package uh, that will kind of stake out negotiating ground for Democrats rather than move through the Senate in the form that it's in right now. Do we know the strategy yet for the other outstanding appropriations measures? Yeah, uh, the second one up is going to be a five-bill package. Uh, Sean Courtney at BGov has reported that the next one is going to be Transportation HUD, Agriculture FDA, Commerce Justice Science, Interior and Environment, and Military Construction and VA. So that would leave just Homeland Security and Financial Services, which tend to be two kind of uh, sticky ones. Uh, DHS the was the, the big holdup in the last one. Yes, and DHS will be the big holdup again. It already is, and you've seen with all these amendments in other bills that relate to the border wall or relate to immigrant detention with HHS that the, the, the immig immigration question and the border wall question is the, the holdup for appropriations. And if, if that issue went away, they would really just kind of snap their fingers and pass a lot of these bills. But that's the, the most challenging issue they're facing for the rest of the year, really. What are some of the things that are in the Homeland Security Department bill that are uh, controversial? Well, probably the biggest one is what it doesn't include. It doesn't include any money for new border fencing, but then it also includes a rider with really broad language saying no funds, no federal funds can be used for border barrier construction in fiscal 2020. And that's so, kind of more broad than any of the other appropriations measures, right? Like most yes. of them include something about the border, but that one's probably Yeah, the most of them are kind of narrowly focused. This even probably, this overlaps with other riders that Democrats have put into other bills. You know, the military construction one is seemingly in reference to the emergency declaration and the use of military construction funds uh, for the border fence. This really just says no federal funds can be used for border fencing or any border barrier in fiscal 2020. So it's it's uh, as hard as they could push back on the border wall. Uh, I mentioned they still are negotiating. If there's a supplemental appropriations measure for humanitarian issues at the border, there they seem to be stuck on the question of information sharing between HHS and DHS. Uh, obviously, the Homeland Bill has already come out, but th that seems to be an issue that they're going to struggle with for months on end, is exactly how they allow any information sharing between the two agencies. Are there other provisions in the DHS bill, which, which hasn't hit the floor yet, obviously, that relate to immigration on this? The uh, ICE detention cap, this is something the Democrats fought for in the winter after the shutdown ended as they were trying to wrap up a final spending deal. They want, uh, in their bill, they would cap detention at 34,000, which is a significant decrease uh, compared to the current level. But probably even more importantly, Democrats want a cap within that at 17,000 
for interior enforcement, which would not only limit ICE's detention capabilities, but it would force them to focus on people who had just gotten stopped at the border rather than going for people who had been living in the U.S. for a, a significant period of time. Nancy Agnanovich and Jack Fitzpatrick are reporters covering Congress and the appropriations process for Bloomberg government. Thanks both of you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. That's our show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Suspending the Rules. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Find more on the subjects we discussed today and a whole lot more from Bloomberg government at about.begov.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at BGov. The legislative analyst team is Sarah Babbage, Noreen Chowdhury, Danielle Parnas, Michael Smallberg, and me, Adam Taylor. Our editor is Adam Shank. Nico Enzalata is our sound engineer. Our theme music is Home Organ by Zach Nasita. More information on that can be found at premiumbeat.com. Cases and Controversies is all about the Supreme Court. One of the oh, come on. Words. You know, come on. Well, I agree Be with serious. you. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up so I didn't have to. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I interesting, know that. Right? That is See? interesting. I guess my imagination is running wild. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts. As always, check out the latest at news.bloomberglaw.com. Ha, 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 ha.